Welcome to the Dylan Experience. I'm your host, Dylan Sessler, and my co-host is Kyle Zahn. Hey, hey. We're here to help change the, the way the world looks at mental health, self-development, and overcoming adversity, hardship, whatever you want. Uh, thanks for joining us for episode two. I hope you saw episode one. Um, we're going to be talking about our self-development journey, right? Yeah, just a little bit of an expansion off of episode one, so this will be exciting for everybody. Yeah, I'm... I'm pumped. I mean, we, I know you and I really in the last, you know, nine months or so have, have kind of jump started something pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm in an interesting place in terms of not only my journey, but helping people start their journey. Um, and, and I think you're in a, you're in a really interesting spot too, because I think one, I kind of, I kind of helped start yours. You jump started mine for sure, absolutely. And, and you know, like, and I think you're you're kind of stepping into the 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 next step of that. You're, mm-hmm. I think you're you're getting to a point where you're actually starting help, starting to help other people start yep. theirs. Absolutely. So this is this is gonna be fun. This I'm is excited. exciting. Absolutely. Where should we start? Um, well, we can start with you this time since we started with me last time. So we're going to start with uh, basically how, like, since the day that you told yourself, I do not want to end up like my father. Yeah. Hell of a day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess start with where you started realizing you needed to progress after that. Well, I mean, it, it was it was pretty simple, right? Like. Mm-hmm. When you get to a point where you you put a gun to your head, it comes down to you you got to do something, right? Yeah. Like it's not even it's not a realization. It's like you get hit in the face with perspective on that one. Absolutely. So realistically, I'm sitting there and I'm like, what do I need to do? You know, and I've I've always been a why guy. You know, why why everything? Why why this? Why this? Why that? Um, and I'm and I'm looking at my life and I'm like. Why did I get here? How did I get here? What happened that made me come here? And I'm looking at my life, right? And, and, and when I said in, in episode one, you know, talking about like three days after, like those three days were profound for me. You know, I, I right. connected a lot of dots in those three days. And then not only that, but the, the years after. Um, but those three days really took a it took my box you know this think of a little treasure chest and and it just shook everything up (laughs) and ripped the top off and then shook it up again right it just took everything that i had been through you know shook it up like a like a snow globe and all of it was like swirling around and and then someone ripped that snow globe apart and all that stuff was going everywhere and I'm trying to pick up the pieces and figure out how to line them up so they look neat and orderly so that I can understand myself. Right. Like, you know, how do you do this? And it started with day one. You know, what happened to me? What was the first thing that happened to me? And the first thing that happened to me was my dad died. Right. My dad committed suicide. It was simple. And, and I started looking at it simply like that. Like what happened day one? was the first thing that I remember that taught me to be who I am. And that's, you know, that's where I focused. I, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't about looking at how it made me feel and looking at, at, um, you know, the impact overall, it was about what happened and how did it create the habits that I built to now? And it was simple. It, It became, you know, overcoming became far more simple when I actually started to pay attention to the habits that were created because of the events. And when I stopped looking at it in terms of pride and dignity and ego and all of these, all of these things that tear you away from the real nuts and bolts of overcoming hardship. Mm -hmm. And that's just habit, right? I, I look at habit as, as the most temporary thing in our in our development. You want to talk about development journey. I look at habit, right? Habits create our mindset. What a mindset is, is a, is, is a less temporary 
mental, you know, a mood basically right. is, is where, you know, it's a day-to-day thing. You wake up and you're like, I feel good. Well, most likely it's probably because you've consistently done the right thing through habit over time to make you wake up that day to feel good. Right. If Absolutely. it's your birthday, that's different. Right. Like you, you, if it, if it's your birthday and it's the only one, it's the only day in the year that you're happy, well then maybe you need to consistently look at your habits because right. if 364 days out of the year, you're not happy because it's not your birthday. We got bigger, we got bigger problems. Right. And what mindset really becomes is, is when we're happy for 365 days in a year that becomes a perspective, right? Perspective is the hardened, consistent habit of mindset. You know, when we step out of, you know, when we, we visually, you know, within our minds, step out of the negativity and look back and say, I don't need that anymore. That's a perspective, right? Or the, you know, the opposite's true. If we step into negativity and we focus on it and we, and we fester in it, that becomes a perspective. You know, narcissism can become a perspective. Empathy can become a perspective. Kindness can become a perspective, right? Hatred can become a perspective. Racism can become a perspective, right? And a combination of all of them becomes perspective, right? When you get taught, right? I think, I think racism is a really good example. When, as a kid, you get taught to hate a certain minority, a certain majority, whatever. If you get taught that every single day, you're teaching yourself a feeling. I need to hate that person. I don't know why somebody's telling me why, but I don't get it. I don't understand why, but I need to hate this person because of the color of their skin or their culture or whatever. Right. And then, Eventually, you do that for 50, 60 days, a year, you know, 18 months, and it just becomes natural. Like you, you start looking at those people and you're like, you don't even need to think about why you just feel it. I don't like them. I, I don't, I don't like them. Right. There's no reason. There's no logical explanation for it. Right. You can, you can come up to a racist and you can ask him, why do you hate them? And Initially, most of them are going to be like, well, um, yeah, well, um, uh, um, I don't know, but, or this, and then they'll come up with some cultural, you know, what, what are those called? The stereotypes Yeah, come up with some cultural stereotype. And then you'll be like, have you ever met one of these people that you hate? Have you ever talked to them? No. Then how can you hate them? But they, but they have these feelings because it was, it was, it was a habit. It was, it was a talk. Beaten, it was beaten into them. Right. And that becomes perspective over time, right? Mm-hmm. That becomes so hardened that there's a, you know, and you step into this, this perspective of, I, I, I hate people. I hate these people. I have to hate these people. I was taught to hate these f- people. I have this feeling that I have to hate people. And it's like, no, you've been taught to hate people. You've been taught to hate yourself. You've been taught to eat too much or eat too too little. You've been taught to be depressed. You've been taught to be anxious. You've been taught to be traumatized, right? The perspective becomes you. You become the perspective. And it's a simple step-by-step process of, one time you're told you're worthy and then you keep being told you're worthy and you keep elevating yourself or you get told you're worthless and you keep being told you're worthless and guess what happens, right? The opposite happens. You go down, you go, you mm-hmm. go into a deep place and you take what someone else told you and you create a voice, right? And that's the process, right? You go from someone else teaching you how to do something. There's the habit of creating this habitual understanding of who you are. And over time, it transitioned into the spectrum of, you know, uh, 
habit mindset perspective and the perspective becomes, you know, this concept of you taking what they told you and then it becomes you telling yourself. And that's what a perspective is to me, right? And that's what this whole journey is about, what self-development is about. It's about taking what other people tell you and creating your own voice out of it, right? It's right. about saying the things that other people tell you and then saying them with your own voice. That's how you change perspective is, is attacking that route. It's not about addressing feelings necessarily. It's about addressing what you say. Right. You know, and that's, that's what I figured out in three days. Right. I really, I dug deep into myself and understood within three days, you know, and I think it had all been building up over time. I, I think I was starting to understand this concept, but I just wouldn't give it any credit. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking I'm looking at myself in these three days and I'm, I'm you know, I, you know, realistically, I wanted to tell myself I'm worthless. I'm a burden. You should just shut, you should just stop now, give up. Like, what are you going to do with it? Right. Like mm -hmm. I wanted to do that, but then I'm realizing like I created this, right? Like I created in the aftermath, of my father's death. These are the exact words that I created because this is what I thought my father felt like felt about me like he left me so i felt like he like i was worthless like, like he i wasn't worth staying alive for i took someone else's choice personally and i created a voice out of it so my perspective became worthless my perspective became burdensome and that was my problem you know I, and, I, and that's where i really i really spent you know most of my most of my time really focusing on was was stepping into that understanding of how to transition out of that and i didn't know how so what did i do well first first and foremost i talked right i i expressed and we talked about that in episode one but the next thing i did was probably the most profound thing that you can do for yourself stop listening to yourself like, if you can't trust yourself to say the right thing, stop trusting yourself to say the right thing. It, it, like, it's that simple. If you don't know what's right to say, then read someone else's words so that you can understand what is right. You know, there's, there's a bookshelf back here that is off screen. And, you know, for the people listening, you know, it's right behind me. There are... I don't know, maybe a hundred books on it. I've read most of them, right? Like I've sat down and it, whether listening or actually reading, you know, you can listen to books on audible now, pretty, pretty efficient. If you, if I use it a lot. So I get you. Yeah. I mean like super efficient. If you're, if you're into listening, listening to books, you can listen to someone else's success story and you can learn so much from it. And it provides you a whole new perspective. Exactly. You can listen to episode one and understand how I got through my story and then listen to episode two right here and understand even more about how I got through my story, right? We have the profound ability to connect with success stories. And yet what do we do? When we're struggling with mental health, when we're struggling with adversity, the people that don't want to succeed are not listening to this podcast. I mean, let's be real, right? The people that don't give a fuck about succeeding are not here. They're not listening to me. And that's, that's their prerogative. Like, that's if, their choice. And that's a habit that they've created of not branching out, not going outside their box, right? I talk about this box, right? You live within this box of your own perspective. Mm -hmm. If you stay within your mind, you will never learn how to overcome the failures, the weaknesses, and the mistakes that you consistently make. You can't do it. No. 
you might, sure, you might overcome one. You might somehow like you're, you know, there's a, there seems to be a mousetrap outside your door every single morning and you step on it. Someday you might figure out, don't step there or look down. But if you're a fucked up individual and I'm talking about, you've been traumatized, you have PTSD, you have depression or anxiety. And I don't mean this in a bad way, but if you're fucked up, do you think you're going to figure out better than what some of the greatest researchers of this, of these studies of, you know, the, of people that have been dealing with people with PTSD and depression and anxiety, anxiety, all of their lives, like their life's work has been in PTSD and trauma and mental health and success and business and all of these things that you're trying to overcome. Do you think you're going to figure it out better than reading a hundred books about the subjects? No, it's not possible, right? Like we have the society for a reason. We sit here and we think I'm alone. I did it. Like I'm like, <laughs> I'm not judging anybody for it. I did it for 19 years, but we sit here and we wait for the world to come to us and tell us, Dylan, this is what you got to do. And it doesn't fucking happen. Nope, like I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm living proof, right? Nobody, nobody fucking knew that I was going through suicide. I didn't tell a soul. Sure. People were, were wondering like, you all right. Yeah, I'm fine. No clue. Right. Even my, like, even I was on a pod, I was on podcast. I think I talked about this last time, but I was on frag out podcast with my buddy, Ryan. Yep. Yep. Ryan was in class with me that day. No clue. The first time that he ever heard about this story about me wanting to commit suicide was on his podcast. Imagine that bomb, right? Yep. No clue. Right. Like it's that, it's that easy to get locked in this mindset and this perspective of I'm alone and nobody can help me. And you got to figure telling yourself that for 19 years, pretty hardened. Yeah. Right. You become, you become the Fort Knox of nobody's coming in to yeah. tell me what my gold looks like. Right. Nobody's coming in to tell me that my gold is actually pyrite and it's fake. <laughs> right. Like mm -hmm. my, you know, that, and that's, that's the, you know, that's a good analogy right there. Like imagine your Fort Knox, but what's inside you is not gold. It's fake, but you think it's gold. Mm -hmm. That's really what you're, what's going on is like you're sitting there thinking that I need to hold in all of this stuff. Right. Cause this is my gold. And if I give it to someone else, they like, they're, they're going to spend it. They're going to, they're going to destroy their lives because you know, they they'll blow it on hookers and booze and yep. they'll become addicted and it'll destroy them or, or, or they'll become rich and famous and they'll leave me, you know, whatever, like whatever the story is, you won't come with them. Right. So you've got to keep your gold, but your gold isn't gold. It's not valuable. Your perspective is not valuable. Your perspective is destructive. That's the reality is that you're sitting in Fort Knox, but Fort Knox is actually more like Chernobyl. It's melting down, mm -hmm. right? It's radiation. It's destroying you. It's killing you from the inside out. And you don't even see it because you're too worried about trying to hide from every other person around you that you don't look within and see the cancer that is starting to form in your heart and in your mind and just how, just how deep the pain goes. And that's, you know, that's, that's the struggle is trying to get out of that is trying to, to reach into people and step into people and, and capture an understanding of why do you think this? Why do you feel this way? How can I 
change your mind to begin to see what's happening. And sometimes, sometimes you can't, right? I think we're, I think you're, you know, I think you've been recognizing that for the past nine months is that you can't change people's minds. No, there's, there is people that are dead set and they're looking for that one specific person or thing to come out and just hit them. And if you're not that person or thing, their mind's not going to change. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's it's disheartening, right? It's, it's the hardest thing that you're ever going to have to face in this, in this industry, right? Cause you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're in an industry, you know, and we live, it it was maybe it's, it's humanity, right? Mm -hmm. Humanity won't change its mind unless it's willing to change its mind. And that's right. That's the self-development journey is what we're trying to figure out is how do we help people change their minds? And do you know what? You can't, right? So you got to find, you got to find ways to like catch people before they slip into this destructive mindset or catch them at that vulnerable stage where they're like, where they do the human thing, where they're like, I am vying for attention because I think I'm going to hurt myself or I'm, I'm reaching out because this is the last, this is the last step. Or, you know, like there's, there's this, I I think this range of they're young, they're willing to, or, you know, they still have the potential to, to, to reach out and become a healthy communicating human being or it's on the other side of the the darkness and it's right before the worst happens right before people commit suicide there they reach out or they do something for attention you know like, like criminal you know criminals oftentimes um they do something crazy they rob a they rob someone or, um, or I don't know. I mean, there's all sorts of examples, but like they do something just absolutely crazy to get attention from their family or get attention from someone, you know, there's consistent criminals that, you know, they, they just do things to go to jail because that's the most attention they get in their lives because they have no families or something like that. You know, it's like reaching people in their dark places is damn near impossible because they stay in their box. Yep. They lock themselves away. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's where I really developed an understanding of, of what I was going through is like looking at that in depth and looking that in compared to, you know, looking at myself as a, as a case study, realistically and it's kind of how i formatted my book is like sitting here looking at what i've been through and figuring out what was it that what were the things that taught me how to habitually be me that created my mindset and 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 formed my perspective and you know informed it on the way you know and i took after those three days and after that conversation with my mom and my sister and my friends, I spent a year doing nothing but learning because I didn't know anything. I was dumb. I was ignorant. Right. And I don't think, you know, I, I ignorant is such an interesting word because when you call someone ignorant, it's a blatant insult, but it's true. Like I could call absolutely anybody ignorant and it's true. Why are we so fucking afraid of the word ignorant? That's what I don't get. Just means you don't know something. We don't know everything in the world. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ignorant. Right. Same. I like, I could not tell you how the computer screen that I'm looking at works because I'm, I'm, I'm so ignorant. The camera that's, looking at me right now and recording me i don't know how it works i'm ignorant this microphone i don't know how it fucking works i'm ignorant right like 
I just know it works, right? It just, <laughs> it just works, right? And yet, and yet we sit here and we're insulted. We are insulted by a word. That's well, true. We should be really looking at it like, hey, I know I don't know this, but I'm learning. Right. We should, we should embrace being ignorant. Yeah. In a sense. It's like, yeah, I'm ignorant. I don't know. Help me out. What's going on here? Educate me, please. Please. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know what the, I don't know what the hell is going on. Somebody somebody point me in the direction, just push me. Right. And it's it for some reason, I think I think we we get caught up in this expectation of pers- of perfection. Obviously, I think so many people would would consider themselves perfectionists in, in so many ways, and it's it's not realistic. It's not. You know, Nobody's I wish, perfect. I wish, I wish people really started to look at themselves and say, I can't be perfect. So why do I expect it? Why do other people expect it? Mm-hmm. I don't look at my wife and expect her to be perfect. I don't look at you, right? Like uh-huh. we're in this together. We're doing yeah. this together. I don't look at you. And if you make a mistake, I, I look at you and like, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> It's like, uh, like, why, why would, why could, why should I do that? Right. I look, I look at my camera, my computer, my phone, all the things around me at some point in my life, one, like one of these things is going to fail me probably fairly soon. Yep. I can't even trust a machine. How should I, how should I trust a human every single time? Right. Like that's, it's impossible. Right. And, and yet we get, we react to these things. We get emotional, we get angry, we get upset, we get sad, mm-hmm. we get frustrated, we get annoyed because of failure, because we have this unrealistic ideal of perfection and perfectionism and you know, we need to run the perfect business and we need to have the perfect house and we need to have the perfect friends and the perfect wife, perfect spouse, whatever you want to call it, perfect car. Mm-hmm. Our car can't have any dings. Oh my goodness. What would happen if there's a ding on my car? It's ridiculous. It's, it's impossible. And yet that's the world we live in is like we sit here and expect perfection. It's just, it's just not, it's simply not the case. It's not working. It's not. It's really, really not working. It's putting like society in general, right? I don't, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head. I think we'll get into that. Mm -hmm. We'll, We'll be talking about depression next week and we'll get into numbers. Yep. But clearly by the popularity of, of mental health on, on social media, we've got problems, right? If we were all tribesmen hunting for, hunting for our food, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be having to deal with depression because we'd be hunting for our food to live. But here we are in society trying to, to, to become perfect in our own way. And because we can't get there, and this is not a declarative statement of what mm-hmm. depression is, we're suffering because we're not living up to the standards that are set forth by society and by the people that, that raise us. I don't expect my son to be perfect. I don't want him to be perfect. I want him to be him. And if he's a little messed up and does his own thing his own way. Beautiful. I'm more power up. to him. Right. Right. I'm messed up. I do my thing. I do it my own way. People know. Yep. <laughs> right. The people that are listening to this, they're probably listening like, yeah, Dylan's his own, his own fucking dude. He does it his own way. I mean, all of our TikTok lives, it explains it pretty well too together. Right. I, I do my thing. It isn't, isn't always the right way but it's my way. Exactly. All right. I don't hurt people. I think that's mm-hmm. the good, I think that's the right way. Right. You know, but it's not working for society. And we, 
and we need to address that. We're not, we're not, we're not addressing it at all. We're not even looking at it. Mm-hmm. Right. We're having this conversation, but you and me are relatively insignificant in the grand scheme of society. When was the last time you heard a president talk about mental health? I can't name a time. That's the problem. Right. I, I don't, I don't think I've ever, I'm sure they, I'm sure someone has, someone probably has, has said we need to combat suicide. We need to combat depression. We need to combat anxiety and PTSD, whatever. They probably said that stuff, but what did they do? We don't know. (laughs) What has Congress done about mental health? What has the business world, right? What, what has, what have the biggest companies in the world done about mental health as a society, not just in their company, but as a society, sure, you can put a game room in your in your lounge. Cool. But how does that help people with PTSD? Doesn't fix their doesn't fix their problems. That's my question. What do you what are we doing? What are we gonna do? But yeah. What about you? Where so Obviously, I've spent a lot of time talking about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Where are you in all of this? In, in your mental, mental health journey, your self-development journey, whatever, whatever you want to talk about. Where are so, you? Yep. So I'm going to bring us back to the day that we sat down and talked after we, it was a pizza party, if I remember correctly. We had a little pizza party. Yep. Yep. We were here in a good old... Brookfield, Wisconsin, having a little pizza party. <laughs> but uh, um, I guess it started, what, was it the night before that I reached out to you? Or is it like a day or two before that? I think it was, I think it was, I think it was that day. That day? That yeah. would make sense. Um, so that night prior, me first figuring out who you are as a person because I just saw you as, hey, you're my leadership, and that's yep. great. And uh, me being a podcast junkie like I am, I was listening to uh, Frag Out Podcast one day and went through, what was it, like 15, 15 different podcast episodes, and you happened to be the last one. <laughs> Episode so, 16, I remember. Or, yep. No, uh, I was 36, I think. 36, Frag Out Podcast, 36. I was 36. Yep. 36. Yeah. Um, but... Literally, that was an hour and 40 minutes of my day that changed my future, in a sense. Put me in a whole different perspective of, okay, yeah, someone has been going through a lot of the same emotions as I have, but not in the same aspect, of course. Um, So reaching out to you the day after... I said one thing to you. I said, well, first you asked me how I was doing. And I said, I was surviving. Yep. You told me surviving ain't living. It's true. And I think that was the, uh, the defining moment for me saying, damn, he's right. Yeah. I'm just going through the motions right now. So I got to get it right. So that's, man, like I, I mean, I've been doing this so long that I forget, I forget the things that I say to people sometimes, you know, like I, I say that it's true. You know, I I don't, I don't say things that aren't true, but I also forget most of the things that I say to people because I just, I just speak from the heart. I speak Mm -hmm. from experience. I'm like, it's because that is so profoundly true. I surprise myself sometimes because it's like, yeah, like surviving isn't living. You're not, you're not looking around you, right? Like there's a reason that tribesmen don't suffer from depression. It's because they're surviving. Like they're so focused on trying to get to their next meal that they don't have time to think about themselves, right? And in that, in that place, you are just trying to go from point A to point B and your hands are on the wheel, locked in a death grip of looking straight forward, 
never looking outside to see what's coming. And that was me going from mission to mission. Yeah. Didn't have time until I would lay down and <laughs> you know how that goes. You're laying down the emotions, the thoughts, they just start running and you're like, you're kind of numb to it at that point after right. listening to your thoughts for so long. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just disconnect. Yeah. But after, after that day being the defining moment in my, my mental health journey, I started reading books, audible, like you said, just started uh, really diving into some of the, like a lot of the aspects that you you teach and I'm like yeah I've definitely seen this in a different thought process before but I've never given it any any attention so what did you what did you notice about like from that day right from hearing hearing that one thing that sparked right ignited you Mm -hmm. surviving a living what was it that you started to notice about yourself after that moment? That I was more open and aware of what was going on around me. I needed to expose myself more to just getting out and doing things because I got stuck so much in the, uh, I'm just gonna do my mission, come back, sit down and do nothing. Yeah. I, I forced myself to do small, simple tasks while I was in my room to start. Make your bed. Um, li- literally just read some, read a positive book of some sort if I could. Um, TikTok was a big thing too. You introduced me to TikTok. <laughs> Imagine that. I've introduced a lot of people to TikTok. <laughs> and... Uh, I was like, all right. So I I made the account. It took me a little while to actually get to my first video. I think my first video was literally August. (laughs) And we had this talk like June. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So you're, and you're not the only one, right? Like I, I, it's interesting. Like I was the same way in, in, in my youth. And, you know, when Facebook came out, I, I was on Facebook. I was on Instagram. And I liked Instagram because it was, I like photography, but I, I could never do YouTube. When it came to video, I was like, nah, no, nah, not for me. <laughs> not a thing. Cause video represents, it shows you, yeah. right? When you watch yourself back, it's profound what you see. You start looking at your emotions and how you say certain things. You start seeing your vulnerabilities. Yeah. Right. You see, you see what you're failing to hide. That's, that, that's what video does and it scares people and it should. It makes right? them uncomfortable. It should because you're hiding shit and you need to stop. Right. What video does for you is it shows you what you're hiding and you need to start paying attention. Like I need to maybe stop hiding this and start addressing it. Yeah. Right? I dare, I dare some people, some people that listen to this podcast to, you know, record yourself telling a story, record yourself telling yourself, your future self, what you should know about your past self, something, record something, and then watch it back and realize just, just how vulnerable (laughs) you can become and how, how let's be. Let's be real. How critical you can become at yourself, right? That's the that's it's crazy when you start watching videos back. But it's you know, I forgot where I forgot what I was going where I was going with that. (laughs) No, I mean like you're not the only one. I know, I know. We had I had so many talks about TikTok with with the team about you know people that were wanting to be like wanting to talk about being an influencer and. You know, I was just beginning. That was crazy. I mm-hmm. went from like, you know, when I first started the team, what was I at? Like five, 10,000 followers? Something like that. Yeah. It was nothing. 
and I'm, and I'm like, and like, I was really connected. I was, if I loved it, you know, I, I wish I could go back then. I wish I could go to 5,000, 10,000 followers because I could talk to people. Mm-hmm. Right. And now, you know, it, by, by June, I think I was 30,000 by August. I want to say it was 70,000 or so. And then man, I mean, I, I hit September and October and November, Oof, man, like October, October was the month where I just went, I skyrocketed. I went from like 95,000 to 150 in like a week and it was nuts. And then in November, I went up a hundred thousand. Then December, I went up a hundred thousand. I'm sitting here at like 355,000 followers on TikTok. Like, uh, wow. You know, I'm like. You're like, how do I keep up? Right. Like I can't, I can't respond <laughs> yeah. to everybody. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm making this podcast because I can't sit here and respond to all of your questions, but I can talk about the things that I know people want to hear about. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, like, tell me more, tell me more about like, what are you noticing? Excuse me. What are you noticing more about your, your journey lately? Lately? Where like uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. I got one. Tell me about your plateaus. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um let's see here. You get I get to a point where I'm just like, all right. I am done reading a I'll I'll be done reading a book, right? And I'll start like taking pieces of it and applying and applying and I'm like Okay, well, I was I caught myself trying stuff that I don't normally do, and you're in those uncomfortable stages where you're like taking too long to do some things, and I think it was the action portion of like just solving a problem that I've had before that would. Uh, I would coast on it for a while and then I'd be like, all right, I need to do this. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, and that's, what is that? That's habit. Yeah. Right. That's, that's those old habits. They die hard. Yeah. Right. And and those plateaus in the beginning were quite long, quite extensive. Um, Now they're just like kind of little hiccups. Like, okay. Oh yeah. I got to get back into this. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, I recognize it a lot quicker. That's self-awareness. Yep. That's the beautiful part <laughs> is that you, you start to realize like, I don't want to be that person. Yeah. Right. It might take you a couple of days and you're like, ah, I'm in a place. I'm in a funk. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> I don't like this. Nope. This is uncomfortable. Right. And you're like, you start to realize that you're more comfortable learning and growing than you are it, it, as your old self, mm-hmm. right? That's when, that's when perspective is really being changed. That's when you realize you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I actually enjoy working harder. Yeah. <laughs> like I never used to have energy. I never used to feel like this. I never used to want to do anything. Yeah. And now I'm sitting here. I feel uncomfortable doing stuff or not doing stuff. Yep. It's weird. And I'm getting to that point too, where I'm just like, all right, all right. I keep trying new things, exploring different avenues. And I'm like, huh? Okay. And then you start looking back and you're like, that's pretty neat. (laughs) This is just pretty cool. Not going to lie. And then you start looking at your former self and you're like, dude, what have you been waiting for? Seriously. But then you have to be careful. Yeah. Right. That's, that's when I'm, I'm sitting here with, you know, if you're listening to this on, on, um, what you call it, iTunes or Spotify, you don't see this, but I'm wearing a sweatshirt that says empathy on it. Right. That's when you need empathy because it's really easy to look at my, my 18 year old self. 19 year old self, 20 year old self and be like, the fuck was wrong with you, man? Why didn't you just talk? Or my 23 year old self when I'm struggling with PTSD coming home from Afghanistan. 
Why don't you just say something to your best friends? Mm-hmm. Why don't you just say something to your sister, your mom? Why didn't you just talk about suicide back then? I didn't, right? It's easy to say that. You didn't know how. Ignorance. Yeah. Self-empathy requires you to accept that you were ignorant. Mm-hmm. It requires you. You cannot look at yourself like you were a perfect individual and you knew what the fuck was going on back then. You yeah, didn't. You did. <laughs> right. That's why you got to where you were. Right. That's why you were in such a dark place. That's why you are. If if you're there now, that's why you're there. Right. Is all of these things happened. And guess what? You didn't know. You don't know the solution. Guess what? March 2015, I didn't have a solution. I had just enough awareness to understand that I was I was in a bad fucking place. I had that much. And that's enough. Because then there's some really smart people on that bookshelf that I started paying attention to. I started talking to people outside of me and helping myself understand how can I change my life, right? I didn't do it alone. I also didn't do it with a lot of people, right? I don't think you need to have a ton of people in your life, but guess what? You, you need, need the right, right, you need people. knowledge and you need the right people, right? You can do it. Honestly, I think you could also do it without people. If you if you doubled down and and talked to no one, but you brought in, you know, a hundred books every year and read them about self-development, overcoming adversity, all of the things, right? I think you could do it. No guarantee. I don't think it's gonna work for everybody. Yeah, nothing nothing's really guaranteed. You have to put in the work. Right. But I think it's possible. Mm-hmm. I think it's far more effective to bring people in and actually have a discussion. I think, I mean, there's, there's reasons that we have group therapy. I think there's reasons that you have therapy in general. I'm a life coach. I'm not a therapist, but I, I help people. Yeah. Right. That's what I do, you know, and I help people pretty effectively, you know, and I talk about what I've been through. And that comes from years and years of experience. Right. You don't have to, like, I, I was, I heard this analogy a long time ago. Do you know a cake recipe, Kyle? I do. Could you make it right now without the recipe? Yes. Okay. How long did that take you to learn? And that's, that's the thing. It took me two, three years. Two, three years of making a bunch of cakes. And that's the thing you never make, you never make the cakes that often. <laughs> if you never make a cake, how are you supposed to know the recipe? Exactly. Yes. Right. But if someone else has an amazing cake recipe, like Kyle, Kyle's got the best cake recipe in all of Wisconsin. <laughs> why not go to him and figure out his fucking recipe? Right. Mm-hmm. That's what mental health is about, right? That's what we that's what we don't connect it with too often. Like we sit here and we're like, I can't talk to other people. They wouldn't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's like saying, I couldn't go to Kyle. His cake recipe uses too much flour. <laughs> Gross, right? How like, would you How would you know though? Right, it's wrong, right? <laughs> it's preposterous. Yeah, right. That's not how it works, right? People can understand. Not all people are qualified to understand. I, you, you should never come to me and talk to me about cakes. I have only tasted them. I've never made them. <laughs> <laughs> I could never bake you a cake because I don't fucking know how to bake, right? So I am not qualified to teach you how to bake a cake, don't come to me with that, but you can come to me with mental health. You can come to me for life advice, for overcoming hardship, for overcoming adversity, for support. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm good at. You could come to Kyle to bake a cake. You could also come to Kyle for mental health support. Imagine that multidimensional man right there. 
and I know computers. And he knows a computer. Jeff, I'm ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm the ignorant, ignorant one over here, right? So it's when you're when you're sitting there looking at yourself, you have to provide yourself some self empathy. You have to. You have to look at yourself and you say, I'm ignorant. It happens, right? We have to get comfortable with certain words. Mm-hmm. I think at some point we're going to we're gonna talk about connotation. I think we should do that in like episode four or five. I, I love connotation. Perfect. Definition, connotation, so important, right? You have to get comfortable with words, right? Triggers, right? If words are triggers, you need to get comfortable with those words. 100%. You can't live your life trying to hide from words. It's a it's a waste of your life. And part of that is ignorance. You can't hide from ignorance. Ignorance is a part of you. It's a piece of you. You're human. You are the most ignorant animal on the planet. Because you don't pay attention to nature anymore. Because we're in society. We are so ignorant to what happens in nature. It's crazy. That is a completely different tangent that we need to address, but it's, it's so powerful and so profound. Nature is a son of a bitch. You got to get comfortable with words. Yep. I agree. If you want to, if you want to come, you know, you know, if you want to ride your, you know, drive your way down this, this self-development journey, and this take this adventure, you've got to get comfortable with with the things that you're most uncomfortable with. That's what I've known. That's what I've understood. And I like that. Thank you. Yeah. What else? I mean, we uh, this has been this has been about an hour. Could keep going. Yeah, if you got any questions for me kind of expand off i mean i guess tell me tell me where you are now and then maybe um maybe that'll spur a question yeah so you tell me tell me where you're at now and i'm gonna look i'm gonna see if i can get a maybe a question off tiktok or something like that we can answer sure so as of right now i am i have a few days here like a few days maybe over a six month period where I do go back and reflect on my brother's death and still wonder like, is there a reason, is there a specific reason why it happened? Um, I understand why he did it now. And when I, when you asked me back in June, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't, I couldn't answer that to save my life. Uh, now I understand that uh, it's it comes from how my dad was brought up and from the actions I've seen from how my dad talked and treated my brother for the actions that my brother would do. It was it was just uh, it was toxic. Yeah. And all my brother wanted to do was get away from it as much as possible. That's. That's tough. Yeah. You know, that's, but that's, that's a reality of life mm-hmm. is that when we're, when we're put into this, into these relationships of toxic, you know, toxicity. And sometimes we don't even notice, like sometimes it's us. Like sometimes, like sometimes I might be the problem. There's there, like I may be empathetic. And I may be kind, I may be a nice guy, but I know for a fact that there's times when that can be taken wrong. Yep, absolutely. That that other people would take what I'm trying to give as toxic. Sometimes it's their fault that they're taking it that way. Sometimes it's mine. Mm -hmm. Sometimes like I don't think I'm treating people as consistently as I, I think I am. That happens. Yep. And that brings me back to, uh, uh, let's see, what was it? A few weeks ago, I actually had my very first uh, negative TikTok uh, comment towards me. So I was in my live and um, 
someone comes in, says, Hey, uh, I'm dealing with, with this and this. And I was like, all right. Um, they didn't give me enough context or enough details. So I'm sitting there asking them over the live, like, if you're uncomfortable with talking to me about this on here, you can reach out, message me, mm-hmm. and we can talk about it on there. Otherwise, um, I was asking her questions like, um, where, uh, where does this feeling stem from? What is, what do you believe the reasoning is behind it? How much, how much more can you provide me so I can help? Because with the amount that I was given, I just couldn't. And she took it as, Hey, you're not listening to me. And I'm over here, like I'm doing the best I can. I'm not trying to upset you. I just need more so I can fully understand and grasp the situation you're dealing with right now. Hard to, hard to connect with people. It's, I mean, that's, I've been there, right? Like I'm trying, you know, you try to express like, this is what I want done. And, and, and it's, it's tough. Cause like there's, there's situations where you realize, especially now, like I realize, especially military that when I'm trying to lead and do things that I'm trying to do, that I'm also dealing with a mental health situation in yeah. front of me, but I also need to lead. And I'm like, I need this done, but then there's a reaction and I'm like, that's, there's no need for that reaction. I'm just trying to ask you to do this. I'm just trying to focus on getting this done for the team or the squad or the platoon or whatever it is. Yep. And there's a reaction. I'm like, I'm, I don't know what I can do for you, but I need this done. And it's, you know, you, you step into, that is always an interesting situation in which you're trying to, you know, offer people a listening ear, but also get things done. And that is a conundrum within leadership. That's such a, it's a hard fact to deal with is that you will always be in a place where you're both right and wrong. (laughs) That is the life of being a leader. Yep. You are always right. And you are always wrong. Or you're sometimes right. And you're always wrong is more like it, right? I should like it sometimes shouldn't say always right. You're, you're maybe rarely right. And sometimes (laughs) right. And then always wrong. (laughs) Hey, sometimes a blind squirrel finds a nut, right? (laughs) That's the hard part is, you know, how do you consistently keep going and doing leadership and, and leading when you're always wrong? It's hard. You learn. Humanity sucks sometimes. You learn how to handle the situation the next time, quite honestly. Well, with the final, let's, let's do this. With the final closing few comments, mm-hmm. if there is something that you want to leave people who are about to embark on their journey to self-development, what would you say to them? Don't hold yourself back. Elaborate just a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Keep your eyes open. Be willing to take risks. You got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Sometimes you can't hold yourself back because it's uncomfortable. hundred percent, hundred percent. I would say, make space for success, right? It's easy to look at what is ahead of you and get lost in mm-hmm. it and, and plateau because of it, of, because of, I can't, I don't deserve this success. Make space for it and say, I do deserve this. I have earned this. I am going to earn this. This is mine. And you have to start soon before you start getting to a point where you are actually successful and then you sabotage it, right? Mm-hmm. Self-sabotage is a thing. It's real. Yeah. Right? You do it. You do it. <laughs> right. I know you do it and you've got to make space for that success, for that potential that you have. Right. And start 
like actually trusting that it, that you deserve it. But that, that takes consistency and repetition of, I can do this. I can mm-hmm. do this. I do deserve this. This is what it looks like when I get it. Right. Ooh. And be realistic about it. Right. Mm-hmm. You're not going to go get a Bentley in a, in a week, No, <laughs> but you can make space for, I'm going to express myself to one person. I'm going to be super proud of myself when I do. And I'm going to find the right person. And boom, that's success. And do it again and do it again and express yourself to the right person. You know, talk about this. I'm going to talk about this for sure this week. And when you do, you celebrate, you succeed. You feel that. Right. You take that feeling and try to reciprocate it. Right. And that's, that's what I would leave you. That's awesome. Well, I think, I think this was a, this was a good podcast. This was wonderful episode. Very good podcast episode next week. We'll be talking about teen depression. I think it's, it's going to be interesting. It's very undervalued in today's society. Yes. So I think it's going to be a really, uh, a tough one, but a, a good one for many. Yep. And something I know, mm-hmm. I know myself. I know it during a different time though. It's going to be very interesting with social media now. But I think we've got a lot to talk about with that. So we actually have had conversations about that. So, Mm -hmm. well, when this releases, if you want to join my inspirational text platform, or if you want to get the chance to feature your question, hopefully regarding, you know, regarding the topic, please. Um, If you want to feature your question on the podcast, text your question to one six zero eight three three six four four eight zero. Repeat it again. It will be in the the description. One six zero eight three three six four four eight zero. And I just want to thank you for joining us on this week's episode. It's been an absolute pleasure. And like I said, next week's topic is going to be teen depression. So hope you tune in. Go check out uh, episode one if you haven't, and take care of yourself. Let's change your life. <laughs>